0: Hello and welcome to the Pulsation podcast coming from the New Wolsey Theatre as part of Pulse 18 Festival. My name is Dave and I've been speaking to some of the acts who showcase their work here in Suffolk over the week. In this podcast I spoke with Christopher Brett Bailey, a very enjoyable and entertaining chap. Uh, we spoke at great length about his previous works, his current show, Suicide Notes, which he was due to perform that evening in the New Wolsey studio. There's a bit of bad language and some technical chat, and also quite a bit about Robert Anton Wilson and some more esoteric writers. So, uh, if you're not into that, probably choose another podcast. Thanks. Right, welcome Christopher Brett Bailey to Ipswich Pulse Festival 2018. How are you, sir?
1: I'm good, thank you for the welcome. It's an honour to be back in (laughs) Ipswich.
0: So I am not really particularly familiar with your work, but I have been getting (laughs) familiar via your website, which is a real treat, I thought. I was staring at it in a desktop format. It's got lots of... It's got the aesthetic of an old... 90s website pretty much yeah
1: yeah yeah a lot of it's stolen yeah. off geocities and, oh brilliant and, yes and, I mean, some stuff is made but it's yeah it's like it's meant to be like a, an ideal version of how you remember the old internet yeah so it's like it it looks and feels like it, it like there's certain visual things that are happening on the website that wouldn't have been possible then yeah but the the tone of it is very similar the tone to is it. very much the Geo. early days when yeah. it was like Comic Sans. the good old days, things <laughs> flipping around, and what's that? Dancing you know? babies, right? Hey, did you find the control panel at the bottom? The secret. I control? did find the secret you could control panel. Edit your where, own experience.
0: Yes, yes, yes. Good. The little um, the spanner yeah. that you open it up, and then you can change your okay. cursor. I think I was a snake for a while, getting confused about which where the cursor pointing was. Uh-huh. Uh, I also listened to your boombox with the CBB radios yeah. on it um, for a good, good while, actually. While I was researching other people's websites for the podcast, I had that on in my headphones. Mm. And it was quite spooky, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm honest.
1: Hey, did you see the TV? That's a, it just broadcast 24 hours a day. You get on there. You don't have to come to the show. You can watch the shows on watch. there.
0: I, did, I, I saw snapshots of that. Um, but I, the music was what I was mainly interested in because I'm sort of into that noise, echoey intensity quite a bit. So yeah, that was that was a real interest for me. Uh, so your body of work seems quite extensive, and you cross mediums of theatre and music with an artistic eye that you cast upon it. I think. Do you see yourself as a writer or a theatre maker or a musician or yeah? How did you find yourself practicing uh, multiple approach?
1: jack off of all trades, uh, masturbator of none. Well, I I studied acting, acting for the contemporary theater. And so that was, I began thinking, oh, I'll be an actor. And then I realized I didn't, I don't have a lot of range. Right. And I was working on this project, this device shows, and I I was like, uh, this director, writer-director was like, you know, you, you're already, like, sort of more interesting than a character that you'd pretend to be, <laughs> and so that, I, that really hurt me at the time, and then I carried that idea around in my head for a while, and I was like, actually, maybe, maybe I, I, I should just work with that then. I don't, I don't, so I started writing and realized that, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I had any natural aptitude for it, but it's actually more rewarding than being an actor being an actor sort of standing there being told what to do by yeah. somebody else it's like it's fine if you meet somebody who you, they got a really great vision and it's, you're an, it's an honor to be in the show then obviously you like to take those parts and i and i'm still t- very much available and very broke so if you've got a good idea and uh then get in touch but more often than not as a sort of actor starting out that what you do sucks it's like we're going to do uh, anything thing on Shakespeare on a budget or it's going to be like there's going to be 10 different versions of Midsummer Night's Dream at this festival. How will we stand out? Or it's going to be like we're going to paint this wall and then we're going to take over this space and wear a mask and run down the hallway and you get to say two lines and everyone has to chip money in out of their own pocket to be part of it. And it's like, <laughs> you know, it's not it's not a, a glamorous gig right off the bat. So yeah. uh, you got to do something you really love. And what I realized really early on was that my own writing like the the act of writing is a satisfying is it's a therapeutic thing yeah and a catharsis. i sort of you know i got a very busy head with lots of noises in it and i Amen i, I kind of hear hear voices and stuff and so i i've been writing them down for as long as i can remember and i just started doing them on stage. And so the my work now is like, it's kind of a, it's theater in a sense, but it's also sort of stand-up. It's also, you know, got roots in the kind of punk, like the early spoken word. Not like yes. this new kind of like, oh, we've yeah, run, no, mid-80s. the American like 70s, 80s, like Henry Rollins and Lydia Lunch and in yeah. that sort of scene. And so it's like that period of time is really inspiring to me. And I was a, a lifelong devotee of, rock music and that sort of uh, subcultural view of the late 20th century and so I I sort of started doing these pieces that are like not quite poetry, not quite comedy, not quite theater. And, and so there, they got this sort of rock vibe to them, and so then adding music into it was just a natural progression of, of that. And so anyway, the piece I'm doing tonight doesn't have, it's just me talking. There's not okay. There, there's no, sorry to disappoint. There's <laughs> not, they <laughs> wouldn't pay for the band this time, so we're here solo. It's how <laughs> it's
0: the, the, yeah, uh, budget budget constraints. <coughs> Are there common themes that run across your work? I mean, because I was looking at your previous works, abrasion comes to mind, <laughs> chaos, sort of you have quite, or I, I've termed it chaoticism. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, do you have any common themes or is each piece individual?
1: No, not re- Well, some of the pieces are completely individual and then some of them, I mean, more, more often than not, I've started to make, I've started to become more, like busier and more prolific now i mean it's like i'm i've I made um, this year i've done like 5 6 different shows and some of them are as old as 3 or 4 years ago and some of them were made this year and i've made uh, two or three this yeah, year. I've seen there's, there's so, Rated X this yeah. year and, and so, Suicide Notes. So we got, we got On the Road within the last few months has been Rated X, Suicide Notes, This is How We Die, Kissing the Shotgun Goodnight, and This Machine Won't Kill Fascists, but might get you laid. Mm. And those are, I mean, that whole sequence of works feels like each one is a sort of a continuation of the last one, but also a, it corrects the last one. Okay. So I'll give you an example. Uh, this is how we die, which uh, we did here in two thousand fifteen. is um, It's an hour long monologue, and then it's a fifteen minute concert sequence at the end. Mm. The next one, it, it, "Kissing the Shotgun Goodnight," is the exact reverse of that. It's a fifteen minute text and an hour long concert. Okay. And so, it, it can't, it's like a sort of structural sequel. Yeah. You know, it's so not a sequel in terms of its content, yeah. but it's like I, I would never have come to that conclusion without putting the thing... And it's also like we put the ensemble together, the band with uh, uh, Alicia Turner and, and George Percy, and they're both just fucking geniuses. Mm. And in, the, in This How We Die, they got to wait backstage for an hour. Yeah, right. And then sneak on in the dark. And so it's like, okay, well, let's make a show where they're front and centre and they get to have the you of know, the audience. Yeah, the I was speaking to Alicia uh,
0: Monday and uh, she was explaining... Her role in in your work, sort of as being a sort of antidote to everything that she'd learnt in uh, her training as a classical musician. It was like she does the knows classical, yeah. but is just allowed to sort of spread her wings and just make a uh, soundscapes and yeah. noise and sort of. Yeah. How much do you structure the music? Is it uh, well? It
1: it um, it really depends. So in in each of the projects, kind of has its own. Uh, hierarchy within the team and and also its own process so this is how we die and kissing the shot and good night the music is a sort of the broad brushstrokes of the style and the sound world that we're in or is is my doing and i set those parameters and then a lot of the composition alicia brings in right and george will bring some ideas and they'll work in very close collaboration to sort of refine one another's ideas and then i'll chip in some things of my own, and you can always tell which ones those are because they're the ones that are really simple and they don't really work. <laughs> and then and then, we, then the, the three of us will sort of take it apart, put it back together again, and, it, and, it, and, it, and I'll, although I am stepping out to direct the performances often and, and get kind of final say on what stays, the composition is as much there as it is mine. Okay. In the case of Shotgun, I mean, Alicia wrote a lot of that at home herself. You yeah. Know? Um, and then the other things, I mean, Rated X is an improvised... Collaboration, So it's me and a guy who does synthesizers. Yep. And so our music is, never really comes out the same twice. It's Brilliant. And then the This Machine Won't Kill Fascists is an ensemble of just electric guitars. And I compose 90% of that at home myself and then kind of dictate to the other people. But they're structured, sort of. They're more like guidelines for how to be with the guitar than they are compositions. Yeah. So there's lots of room for the players to bring their own identity into it, but it's something that is is uh much more rigorously uh yeah, controlled. Than... Are
0: you familiar with um, Bill Drummond and yeah. his uh, the 17? The what? He has a, I don't know the 17. 17 was the choir that he did with so it was imagine if you woke up and all of the music in the world had been destroyed, where would you start from? And the 17 were a series of pieces that were instructions on how to get 17 people together to make a piece of this new sort of proto music. And they were just A4 instructions about how to work with each other. And each performance would only could only be performed by 17 people um, after the performance. It would never be recorded. And after the performance, they would disband. And so there's a lot of... He called them scores. And they were, yeah, just... A four bits of instructions, Mm. and he toured the world with it sort of a few years ago, two thousand
1: and fifteen. Yeah, well, and. And you, they've come. They've, they're back, right? They're back. Oh, what the KLF? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty-three years. You can't years, call them the KLF. You I, can't call them that.
0: No, they're the Justified Ancients of Moo. That
1: was the original name, wasn't it? Yeah, that That's was the original
0: to. name. Yeah, did you didn't go to the thing in Liverpool? No, once, yeah. but I yeah. met
1: someone the other day who was there.
0: Yeah, we. I went. Did with, you go? I went with my wife. Are yeah. you gonna
1: be? I was thinking about maybe buying in and being oh, some. So good. Oh, what do yeah. you? You get to buy to be a brick in a pyramid. Oh, being a brick or in a, in a, a pyramid.
0: pyramid. Oh, absolutely. moo Moo Mythification. Oh do yeah, I'm still saving, but uh, I got I one of I mean, the. I don't mean how much is the money. I don't. Uh, it was ninety nine pounds because it's make mine a ninety nine, oh, and then right, you get twenty three right. grams of your ashes baked in this brick.
1: I think I got to do that.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, we'll we'll be there in the afterlife. Yeah, <laughs> together this. we can be brick, brick by brick. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it was great last year. I got um, my wife was in the choir singing with Jarvis Cocker. That was pretty special. Yeah. if you look on the uh, NME website. About the Dark Ages thing, there's a sort of lady with blue hair singing directly behind Jarvis Cocker, and that's <coughs> that's as my wife And do wife, you know Daisy Lou. Campbell? I do. You I met her last year, yeah. and yeah. Do you know Ben Crosby? No, who is oh, that? We'll have to meet you. Have to introduce you to Ben Crosby. You're very, uh, yeah. You'd get on. He's uh, in a band called the Bad Fractals, and uh, they're very sort of psychedelic. D- dirty psychedelic rock raw right. very raw that sounds and cool. he's uh, um, a performer and he's good friends with daisy i think yeah he was in their cosmic trigger
1: yeah okay um, i saw that a couple of times did he? He? were you
0: there for the fire where well, the fire alarm went off no and they all had to leave that was um bang crosby's work what was his uh he was doing that i think he was doing the warm-up oh right okay. yeah um yeah, did you I'll... see that
1: show? I didn't know. I
0: mean, I love the book. I'm really a big, big Robert Anton Wilson fan. I would recommend anyone well, read all re- of his I stuff. I have read
1: like... that Cosmic Trigger and got on pretty well with it, but I'd seen the show twice at that stage. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then I, I mean, I've tried Illuminatus several times and not made it through. It's yeah, it's a dip. Where in Where else one. can you? What else to?
0: Prometheus Rising is yeah. really good because it's sort of it gives you some applied occult stuff that Uh you can just try out. And it's not occult as in Believing in anything. The whole point is that you don't believe in anything and you can just like alter your reality tunnel that you how you perceive the world, which is really interesting, very interesting when I was younger. And um my favourite is Schrodinger's cat. Okay, yeah, I've got that. I've never read it. Just bonkers. And that's a fiction, right? (laughs) It's fiction, yeah. It's uh, but it's um it sort of tries to explain quantum mechanics via a narrative. So the the sort of strangeness of quantum mechanics. In the way that it flips dimensions, and so we'll flip characters, and the characters will change gender and change scenarios. But the story's sort of going along, but it's evolving. It's quite hard work to Mm. read because it's very chaotic. Yeah, but it holds threads within it, and it's it's just beautifully written. If you look, it's sort of one of those texts where if you break it down line by line, there are just genius lines throughout it. And then, but trying to hold it together as a big narrative, you're like, what? Fuck is this all about? Makes no sense at all, but yeah. it's good. It's well, uh, that's one of the things. It's like poetry.
1: Was like really frustrating, but also amazing about the when I was reading the Illuminati trilogy, and I'm gonna get through the whole thing. It's like you you start a paragraph from one character's perspective, and then suddenly you have to sort of. Realize that yeah. the narr- the narrator is now a different character, and the tense has changed, and yeah. the, the, the the place that we're in has changed.
0: What was he called himself a guerrilla ontologist? Ontologist, ontologist, yeah. Sort of break. I've been spending several years of my life trying to work out what that even means. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. what do you? So he's like breaking down uh, language constructs. He's got the good work on general semantics as well, um, in some of his essays that you find where he's like trying to break down the use of i in a sentence and also breaking sort of destroying the use of is because oh, they're definite yeah. that's
1: one of those things in cosmic trigger where yeah they, they challenge you to, to never say the word i yeah and so in the show and they break for the interval the guy playing uh robert anton wilson encourages you to not use the word i in the interval which is of course 23 minutes yeah and okay. bite your thumb in in penance if you slip up. Yeah, that's so a, everyone comes back in with bleeding thumbs. <laughs>
0: that's a Prometheus rising thing. Is it? Yeah, uh, that's from there. the The actor playing Robert Anton Wilson actually, Oliver. We Stenton? Met, Stenton. That's it, Stenton. Yeah, he's amazing. Like we met, we met him last year as well. He was the curator of the whole Dark Ages thing. Okay, and he's. Oh, just his voice was just like caramel, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, it was, and yeah. it was really. Just I got to admit, the first time I saw Cosmic
1: Trigger, I thought that is an oh, that accent is too much. I
0: thought, I liked it. <laughs> oh, he's he's a really proper. He's best. really charismatic. But
1: I was like, wow, that guy's doing a lot. That's too much accent. And then, and then I looked at Robert Anton Wilson online, oh, and yeah. I was like, oh, he's bang on. <laughs> That's what oh, he was Robert like.
0: Anton Wilsons, yeah, yeah. He he's got a really funny voice. Yeah. I do like it. Um, yeah, but yeah, it's quite kind of hard to deal with. Yeah. His Have you seen of his of lectures? He does these yeah, like kind yeah, yeah.
1: Of, these uh, almost stand-ups. You know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He was a very funny man. I really, really... Uh, I was definitely a an, a raw fan when I was sort of late teens. I got into him, found a book somewhere just lying around and then was like, oh, my God, just devoured his work. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's definitely w- weird stuff for weirdos, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. So do you we were talking about the uh, your uh, your individual shows fitting into a greater body of work. Oh uh, yeah,
1: I don't know. Did I answer that question? So
0: sort of. Uh <laughs>
1: yeah, I mean there each one is a different like when a new show it, the last couple of years it's like a new show gets made like just because the other one runs out of gas. It's like not okay. because I necessarily so want. So that's to. how
0: you find the the sort of. The, <laughs> it's like that's how you know when it's time to change direction. You well, it's of, like well, there is, is, is no it to a
1: degree. There is there hasn't really been a conscious change of direction at all. I mean, I've only been doing making solo stuff since 2014, and that first piece i mean the seeds of everything i've done since are very visible in that yeah and it's just like uh the form moves around a little so like a tree i'm doing this uh solo tour right now because the last couple things were really cumbersome to tour mm. i got these two other ones where we tour with a band and there's the lighting and staging and we got all the amplifiers and everything we need to pull off the thing and it's like okay well my ears are sore now and it, we need something that's <laughs> cheaper to tour to go, go to smaller venues, and and so this is like it was just a sort of a economic decision to, yeah. uh, to to diversify and have more things available at any time, and so. But one one project doesn't obsolete the the one prior to it, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I still yeah, you still make you still bring them and tour them. I saw
0: you did a um, a triple bill. Yeah. Uh, was that recently?
1: That was just, yeah, about a month ago.
0: Yeah, yeah. How did that go? How do you find that performing was... one off the back of another?
1: Well, I mean, part of the reason for doing it was like, what's that going to be like to be on stage for nearly five hours? How was you it? Know? And it was exhausting. <laughs> and, you know, we all started to slightly go to a kind of trippy place, yeah. especially the second night after four or five days of teching and then doing it two nights in a row oh, wow. but it i think i think it worked really well like because this is how we die is the first show of this kind of uh this the, of the triple bill which was then shotgun which is explained yep. as kind of sister piece to that and then uh you go into a different room and the and this machine the guitar ensemble is all around you on so all the sides. guitar
0: ensemble is you sort of getting noise out of a guitar not in a traditional way
1: yeah, I mean, if it's well, I mean, it depends. It's got one foot in some things that'd be very, very familiar. I mean, it's not what, so we don't use any processing or pedals at all. Yeah, it's just uh, guitars tuned in unorthodox. Oh, brilliant! Ways. Yeah, I was going to ask and about then, microtonal. And so, and we do stuff with a suspended guitar that hangs on a chain. Yeah. So, because you're not the body is uh, the body of the guitar just is free to then shake and resonate and vibrate, and we do stuff. Uh, with feedback but other than that those are the only sort of like really alien guitar noises effects. other than that it is just us playing and we'll play a lot of like harmonics and 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 sort of behind the nut stuff but it's all the effects that we get or the, the sound of it is um most of it is to do with the volume yeah. that we play at and the fact that uh it's the guitars are in like tunings where there's always at least two of the same note so across four players. Yeah, yeah. If we're in a tuning that's like all F-sharp, for example, which is one of our favorites, then you've got uh, 24, my math isn't good. Is that 24 F-sharps? Yes. Yeah, all slightly out of tune with each other. And so we sped up spatially around the crowd, and so depending on what you're looking at, you hear different things. You move your head, and it sounds entirely different. Oh, great stuff. It creates this, this, as it hits the reverb of the room, it bounces back, and you get this massive wash of sound that is way bigger than the sound that you're actually generating.
0: Are you familiar with cymatics? No. Um, there's a vibration of sound, different frequencies causing different patterns in sand and stuff. Uh, yeah, certain frequencies make squares and like sort of strange geometric shapes um, when putting a sort of vibratory plate on uh, and put just... What is in. a vibratory plate? So like just, well it's basically like a speaker with just a plate stuck on top of it and oh. the, the plate will vibrate yeah. and if you put sand on it Certain frequencies cause. Oh, I've seen. Order in I've it. seen You've this seen thing on, yeah.
1: on, on you know Twitter or whatever. It's like a video of like a speaker with some blue paint in it, and it, the paint kind of jumps yeah. around. Oh, and they yeah, seem to be able Oh yeah. There's the
0: weird stuff that you can do with <coughs> the corn flour as well, where mm. you sort of put a little bit. This of This is the water same idea, and, but with sand, right? Yeah, but with sand. But it sort of makes for really geometric and sort of quite Mandela shapes. Mandela? I don't know the pronunciation of that. Uh, But yeah, sort of very geometric, quite sort sort of almost Celtic as well. But yeah, it's madness, basically. And that's what I think of when I sort of think of sound art installations in a room is that you're... When you've got lots of frequencies harmonizing or bouncing off of each other in a pos- different positions in the room, you can sort of you're causing certain fundamentals to break through, and uh, yeah. wherever you're turning, um, it will affect the yeah how you experience those different fundamentals and as a sound art piece rather than a sort of structured piece of music. Yeah. So
1: so this so this machine has one foot in in that kind of uh, experimental thinking, and in, in another way, it's also just. Balls to the wall, rock and roll. It's like, well, it's it not is wrong a, with that. It is there. a huge sound. Like you know, fans. of You don't have to. You heads come to the thing, and they they don't, and they love it. You know, yeah, it's like, it's a, and it's also. It's in some sense, I think it was like a purification of rock music. It's like we don't have drums or keyboards or a bass player or a singer or any focal point or any material so is it electric guitar yeah yeah it's just it's just electric guitars and uh and so it's yeah you really we sort of like fetishize that instrument and the this peculiar sound that it makes
0: how long does it take you to put a show together
1: I how well the honest answer is it takes um whatever is available and so I I have taken as long as four or five years yeah and as quickly as a week and okay. it just depends so suicide
0: notes were well that this fall? is a,
1: this is a this is a an, a first so it's um basically i I made a book out of uh, all the writing that uh, I hadn't ever used before, and so it's short stories and it's poems and it's little monologues and comedy routines and some experimental collages of different text yeah. And that book runs at a couple hundred pages. And so the tour is really an excuse to sell the book. (laughs) And I do a 90-minute set where I read different chunks of it. So in a sense, this took over five years to create because the oldest piece of writing is over five years old. But in a sense, the show part didn't take any time at all because I don't rehearse it. There's a different section every night, so I print out whatever I'm going to do. And I do a little bit of a, a sort of intro note at the top, and then I start reading. And I how do go. you
0: choose the what you're gonna read? Well, out I of got it. a kind like of like a technique of well, I, Burrow's cut uppy random extractions or something.
1: Well, some of the material is made through a collaging method. I've and I've done very very little with actual cut ups, like of actually taking a, a pair of scissors to a, a printed page. Yeah. Um, because I think that having read Burroughs as a kid and a lot of uh, other stuff that's of a similar ilk, I internalized that style to the point where my writing has that those yeah. effects baked into just how I do it. You know, yeah. it's not it's not it doesn't feel like an experiment. It just feels like what naturally comes out is a kind of jumping around topic to topic and a. a pretty unhealthy disregard for punctuation and grammar (laughs) and structure so no so but so the show I try and give the show a certain shape if you see it twice you'll probably see some of the same stuff more than once because it ends the same every time okay and uh, usually the the first act if you will is is a long narrative section I've got a couple of short stories that are like 20 30 minutes in stage time so I do one of them and I, I alternate them you know I've got four or five to choose from so the one I'll do tonight I haven't done for four shows or something, and then the, then I do some short poems, or uh, and then I do some like uh, some c- comedy routine thing, and then I do part one of the ending, and then I do a shorter narrative, and then I do part. So the structure I categorize the material and I sort of structure the set, and it yeah. doesn't change that much. But uh,
0: what's coming out
1: is yeah. And then, and then you get diff, really different uh, effects where like if you, do, you put a set list together and you don't think about the fact that, for example, there are 20 references in this particular cut of material to a thing that isn't really even a theme. So okay. like these little weird little themes and riffs start to emerge, you know, like in a lot of the things I cut back to my real life. So the narrator underneath the fiction starts talking to you about what's going on and I live in Lewisham. Okay. And so you see the show the other night where I mentioned Lewisham like 15 times and it's like <laughs> somebody, some idiot is sitting in the audience thinking, oh, it's a play about the guy who lives in Lewisham. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah. not, it's totally unintentional. The
0: time I went to Catford.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Did that answer your question? That did
0: answer my question, yes.
1: It so, probably didn't sound like very much, so if you haven't seen that, are you going to watch the show? I am going to
0: watch the show, yes. yes. Okay. Uh, so have you got any dates coming up uh, after this? We're on the 8th of June now.
1: Yeah. I don't know it? what they are, though.
0: I uh, think it's rated X. You're doing something. Oh shit! The yeah,
1: I got something I can plug. Yeah, yeah. yeah 29th plug, plug of away. June, rated X, and that's this is um, I'm in this. I'm an Illuminati jazz lizard. I'm a I'm a, I'm a jazz musician in the late fifties who realizes that he's been possessed by a lizard. And um, cool. it's an improvised collaboration where I'm on the saxophone and the electronics and screaming voice. Screaming voice. And really um, my friend Thomas Jeffenovus, who's a visual artist, is on uh, video synthesizers.
0: That's amazing.
1: And electronic synthesizers. And uh, we're doing it in a movie theater. <coughs> Late night show, 11 p.m. Which one? Minutes. Is it Rio? R-I-O. Rio. R-I-O. Uh, Rio. Like Brixton. the drink. Dalston. 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 Oh, right. Okay. Rio, Dalston. There yeah. you
0: go. Uh, 29th of
1: June. And then there's more suicide notes, but they're not till the autumn. We're going to... Fuck. Where are we going? We're going to <laughs> other places we haven't been yet. Now, Check me... out Christopher... <laughs>
0: brettbailey.com is it i've just got to confirm that yeah yeah. i'll place yeah. some notes in the end of this, yeah that's this good podcast. if you could just
1: do a recap I'll of a little, all yeah. my tour dates yeah. that'd be, that'd be hel- helpful
0: cool well lovely to speak to you Chris. cambridge that's where cambridge okay which, uh, well i'll we'll add these in as, and, as notes uh, there's
1: another one there's a couple more i forget what they are
0: i should have really done our research mm. <laughs> Anyway, lovely to speak to you. Thanks. Uh, I'm looking forward to it tonight.
1: Okay, see you there. Cool,
0: see you. Thank you very much.